0: Where's David? There he is. David, come up here once. David was born and raised for the most of his young life in what city? Or, Fort Porto Uganda. What's that? In Fort Porto Uganda. Fort Porto Uganda. Your father's a pastor and you could not speak until you were 14 years old. So no words. So he could not speak until he was 14. And you, but your mother was believing God for you to be an effective communicator. Some, some, I'm sure she had some kind of Holy Ghost prayer that she prayed, right? Yes. You, you, from what I've heard, she would get up in the morning and she would begin her worship, which included praying in tongues very loudly. Yes. Is that right? Yes. So You had one of those praying mamas. Yeah, she never woke us up, but her prayer did. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't wake you up, but she'd wake you up with prayer. And for years this went on. Yes. And one day she was over your bed screaming louder than normal. Yes. And that was the day when? I, that was my 14th birthday. And then she told me I was talking in my sleep. She, you were talking in your sleep, but you'd never spoken while conscious yes. but and then from that day on you progressed and you began to speak yes. did it happen real quickly after that or was it a process it was a process but at least I could say a sentence without shaking and so that you got completely delivered yes. and here he sits today leading worship, yeah. preaching yeah. stuff that they never said they said you could never do So what? What basically the bottom line? His mother and father were believing God and trusting God for years, literally years, like eleven years, twelve years or so, and then one day it manifested. So many times, thank you, David. Give him That's an incredible story. Many times we have a tendency to think that you know somebody has a problem and they pray, and it's just fixed, and it all happened, you know, within a 30-minute TV episode because that's what we're conditioned to think that, well, you have a problem, you develop a solution, and you solve the problem all in 30 minutes, including commercials. So it's really about 23 minutes, right? And that's a problem because it doesn't always work like that, right? And things don't always work. Start to finish 30 minutes. Sometimes it's years and years and years. Like David, an um, uh, uh, impossible situation. He could not speak. He couldn't speak. And his parents were believing God and trusting God and praying and seeking and praying and thanking God and trusting God, trusting his faithfulness, were trusting his faithfulness. Over time, and over a very long period of time, then suddenly it happened. So I, I, I get I get a kick out of it when people say suddenly when it's been when they've been believing God for it for fifteen years and suddenly it happened. Suddenly, fifteen years later, yeah. So the, the point I'm trying to make is what God was doing in the initial parts of the service was when Pastor Tim got up, he talked about rest. And then the song we sang talked about rest. And then we talked about trust. And then we trust in his faithfulness. And then we sang, great is thy faithfulness. And he's faithful to his word to perform it. So the bottom line is when, whenever we're in a situation... We're in the middle of a series on the Holy Spirit and his gifts, but whenever, whenever we're in a situation that is impossible, maybe you're facing an impossible situation, it's just impossible, well, congratulations, you're a candidate for God to do something impossible. See, it was impossible that David could ever speak, right? It was, that was physically impossible, but yet here he sits speaking. Why is that? Because we have a God, we serve a God who nothing is impossible for him because we love him. Nothing is impossible because he is God. See, nothing is too hard for him. So whatever your situation, it's not too late, it's not impossible. It doesn't matter what it is. He is the God of impossible is nothing. Nothing is impossible. See, he even said to the man, do you believe I can do this? In Mark chapter 9, and the the man in Mark chapter 9 says, I believe help my unbelief. He's saying, I believe you because you say it, but I'm having a hard time believing it because I'm in so much pain or I've seen so many hard things or I've been waiting so long and all the different reasons why maybe we doubt. But Jesus said, Basically, he said close enough because the guy said, I believe, help all my unbelief. He's saying, I choose to believe, but I'm having doubts in my mind. And that's where we all are a lot of the time. We choose to believe, but then we have those nagging thoughts in the back of your head. And so, what, what part of the, the process of receiving the impossible whether that's a healing or a miracle or whatever it is part of the process is mind management you have to you have to manage your mind you have to decide that you're gonna decide what goes on in your head and not just whatever thought pops in your head see because whenever you're believing God for an impossible situation The enemy is right there with all the facts and figures. Anybody ever had to believe God for an impossible situation? Whenever you're believing God for an impossible situation, the enemy is right there and the facts and figures are right in front of you and the math doesn't work and the doctors say you have to die and this is saying it's all bad and this says your marriage is over and this says this is the situation, and this one says, oh, yeah, that kid's never coming home. That's what it says around us. But in the middle of those difficult situations, we've got to get a hold of what God says about our situation. And when we get a hold of the the promise and let the promise become ours... For God's Word to help you and and really revolutionize your your life, you have to believe God's Word is, number one, true. You have to believe it's true. Y'all believe the Bible's true? Absolutely true. Never wrong. The Bible is true. Okay, so we got that down. The Bible is truth. Now the second... Part of this equation goes like this Do you believe that the Bible is true for you? It's, it's a personal word that when you see it, we even sang it tonight, all of God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. That when you see a promise in God's word, you can cl- grab a hold of that promise and, says, and say, That's mine, that's my promise. I'm taking that promise right there. And you can grab a hold of it. So not only is it true, it's true for you. And now comes the hard part. It's true, it's true for you, it's true for you now. Because you could say, oh yeah, pie in the sky. The reality is the God's word is true, it's true for you, and it's true for you now. And you say, well, what about the manifestation? You get this first part down first. It's true. It's true for me. It's true for me now. I believe I receive that word, that promise from God right now, right here. It's mine. This is all there is to it. And when you get that other information, the other competing information, maybe it's symptoms in your body. Maybe your your body's talking to you and going, hey, hey, here we are. We're still sick over here. Right? That's your body talks to you. You can can respond with God's word instead of responding, oh, that's right. I'm still sick. I would say forget about that one. Okay. Find what God says about your situation. It's true. It's true for you. It's true for you now. And begin to renew the mind. Every time that situation comes up, you respond with what God says about your situation. And as you continually do that, you know what ends up happening? You build a picture that's different than your current situation for your future. You literally walk on the words that you're talking on. You build a road when you, when you speak about yourself, when you speak about your situations, you're literally building a road for yourself to walk on when you're talking. You literally talk, walk on the road that you talk. That's tweetable. You walk on the road that you talk. I don't do Twitter, but if I did, I would tweet that. But the point of that is You grab a hold of God's word, you make it your own, and then it's a matter of continually putting God's word into your heart on a consistent basis where you're saying, this is what I believe, this is what I believe, and I refuse to consider those other things. This is where I'm standing. I'm standing on God's promises. And then we renew our mind specifically to those promises. You've got to get a hold of whatever it is that God has planned for you in your situation. In your circumstance, your details of your life might not be lined up with God's Word right now. Maybe you have symptoms in your body which which is inconsistent with what God says about you because God says, by Jesus stripes you're healed. Maybe there's strife in your marriage and, and God says that you can have a perfect peace and you can be like a fruitful vine and your children can be like plants around the table, but your house looks like, like everything's blown apart. But the fact of the matter is God still has a promise and a plan for you. Even though yours looks blown apart, you get a picture and a, and a vision for what it is that God has planned for you. And as you start grabbing a hold of those promises, and as you stand on His Word, that's where you can enter into that rest. It says that we labor, Hebrews chapter 4. God sent us in a little bit of a side direction here just so we can talk about rest for a minute. What I'm talking about doesn't sound like rest right now, where you have to grab a hold of the word, you have to get what God says about you. That doesn't sound like rest. When people hear the word rest, they think the word nap. And that's not what I'm talking about. Rest means that you have grabbed a hold of God's promises. You have done all that you can do as far as renewing your mind and you've done everything you know to do and now you are just trusting God and you are saying, God, it's in your hands and I'm just going to praise you because I trust your word over everything I see. I trust your word over everything I feel. I trust your word over everything around me. I trust you. I'm trusting you. And that's that rest. But see, to enter into that rest takes labor. It says in Hebrews, labor to enter into that rest. To labor to enter into that rest means to grab a hold of whatever God says about your situation and make that scripture your position. Get what I'm saying when I say make that scripture your position and refuse to consider any other options. And that is the start of really believing God for the impossible. When Noah was told that a rain was going to come and a flood was going to flood the earth, water was going to cover everything, he had to trust God for over a hundred years as he built that ark. And he had to withstand ridicule and everything else around him while he was building that ark. But the day that God sealed the ark and the rains came, he, he had entered into his rest because he had labored to enter into his rest. His rest was the ark. And he still had some work to do because he had all those animals, but. My point is, he ha- he was safe. Why? Because he obeyed God. See, in our situations, it may take some labor for you to grab a hold, and you, you don't get miracle. You don't get a miracle, or you don't get what you're what you're rustling away from the enemy. You don't get it just by floating down the river on a tube like you're going down the lazy river. Okay? That's not how you get things from, that's not how things happen in the Spirit. We have to grab a hold of what God says, make it our own, and discipline ourselves, decide that we're going to stand on that, and we put ourselves in a position, we cannot cause the gifts of the Spirit to operate, that's His will, right? But we can stand on His Word and grab a hold of His Word like Abraham and stand on his word. And the Bible says that it was credited to him as righteousness because he believed God. He stood on God's word. See, Romans 4 says that Abraham, against hope, in hope, believed because he counted him that had promised to be faithful. So he was believing Jehovah to be faithful to give him a son and make him the father of many nations even though he stood there childless, at 90 years old. He chose to believe God anyway. In the middle of seemingly hopeless odds, he chose to believe God. And if we look at the Old Testament, we can see there's dozens and dozens and dozens of situations where God made someone a promise, and they they went up against insurmountable odds. I could talk about Gideon and his army pared down to 300 and for the sword of the Lord and for Gideon. They busted their, their lanterns and they went and took on an army that was a 1,000 times what they had and they won a great victory. I could talk about David and Goliath, how he went after Goliath with a, a stone and a sling, and, but he knew his place in the covenant. I could talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and they said bow to the idol and they said we're not going to bow and they said I'm going to throw you in the furnace and they said whether our God delivers us or whether he doesn't deliver us we're still not going to bow to your stupid idol. That's basically what they said. I don't know if they said stupid but I would have. But the, the point is Impossible situations or seemingly impossible situations are nothing new to your heavenly Father. Your situation that you're dealing with is not, oh no, God could, God could you know, raise the dead, but he can't fix my problem. No, your problem is not some super-duper extra hard problem that God can't solve. He can solve and fix any situation that you have What we have to do is get a hold of God's Word and tap into what He says about us, who we are in Christ, and what it is that God has for us. So that's part of that rest, is grabbing a hold of God's Word and that particular promise. Because there's life in God's Word. See, God's Word has within itself... This is what I I just how can I get this across with the, with the fervor that I really want to communicate this? God's Word is alive. It's not just a book. See, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, able to discern between the soul and the spirit. The Word of God is the only thing that can divide between the soul and the spirit, the mind, will, and emotions, and the spiritual man. Only the Word of God can, divide, can separate those two. Otherwise, they're indiscernible. But see, God's Word has within itself the power to complete its promise. You have to think about that. God's Word, when He said, when He he makes us a promise, and and we we see a promise, and we say, and He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed or firmly fixed on thee. Okay? You will keep him in perfect peace. Isaiah 26, 2. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is firmly fixed or stayed upon you, Lord. So what do you, that's a promise. So what's our part? Every one of God's promises has an our part and a his part. That's what a promise is. promise says, if you do this, I'll do this. Right? That's what a promise involves. So he says... He will keep him, meaning gender neutral, he will keep that person in perfect peace whoever will firmly fix their mind upon him. So if we'll just firmly fix, a, and that's the decision, to firmly fix your mind means that you decide you're going to think about something. And you're not going to just let your mind wander, but you're going to discipline yourself. You're going to take every thought captive, 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. For the pulling down of strongholds, taking every thought captive and punishing everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. See, we take every thought captive. How do we do that? By... Deciding with the words of our mouth what where we're going to put our mind. I think on the thoughts of God. And when you have thoughts that are going the other way, you say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you that I think on your thoughts. I thank you that by Jesus' stripes I'm healed. I thank you that you supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. I trust you and I praise you, Father, that you supply all our needs. I refuse to consider lack. I refuse to consider death. I refuse to consider sickness. I refuse to consider cancer. It will not take me out. It will not put me under. It will not go over top of me because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. That's the way you take every thought captive right there. That's how you do it. Just by speaking God's word. When you speak God's word in faith, you know what happens to the devil? He goes, ah, he literally screams and plugs his ears. Because he can't stand it when you speak God's word. Because when you speak God's word, it reminds him he's defeated. And it probably burns his ears is what I figure. I figure it probably just hurts his ears. Hearing Jehovah, the one that he used to praise, hearing Jehovah's words sting to the enemy. Because he used to be in heaven with God. And then God kicked him out because he had pride and tried to lead a rebellion against God Almighty. Stupid devil trying to beat God. Anyway, so what do we do? We take every thought captive, bringing it into obedience unto Christ. So what is the the situation you're in right now? What is that situation? And for that situation, what is the promise that you could stand on? What is it? What is that promise? I'm asking Right now, I don't know why God has me do this, but he literally, I had the whole message done, everything, I haven't touched my message yet. Um, Sorry about that, but I'll have another one for next week now. Um, My point is this, the the Lord really put this strong on my heart during worship, and that's why I switched gears here. So one of the things that I I, I really feel like the Lord wants to do in, in this time right now we got about five, six, seven minutes before we, we should be wrapping it up. In your situation, whatever it is, all of you, I'm talking to all of us, all the way wherever, right, right down to people that are online, whatever your situation, doesn't matter what it is. Maybe there's five situations. I want us all to just take a a moment and you think about your situation. Don't talk to anybody else. Just you think about your situation. And we're just going to pray a simple prayer right now. And when we're done, I'm going to have another thing for us to do. Father, we just pause right now. And we thank you that we are your children, that we hear your voice, the voice of a stranger we won't follow. And Father, we have these situations and we lay these situations out before you. Circumstances, people, maybe it's lack, maybe it's sickness, maybe it's money issues, maybe it's relational issues, whatever the situation, we lay these situations before you, Father. And we ask you to speak and quicken what promise that we are to stand on for our particular situation. What is the word from you from your word that covers our situation? And Father, we thank you that you bring it to our mind, bring it to us through someone else, but Father we just thank you that you're bringing that scripture to us. Even as a scripture of the day from somewhere in an email. I just feel like somebody's going to get it just through that. And Father, we thank you that you're just going to bring those scriptures to our to our consciousness and that, Lord, you'll bring it something for us to stand on and to agree with and to um, firmly fix our faith to, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Now, what I would say to all of us is this. Whatever it is in your situation, I would keep your ears open and keep your awareness peaked, and that is be looking for the specific promise. Maybe you were already standing on a promise. Maybe it's like, I know what I'm believing for. I know what scripture I'm standing on. You're going like elementary school stuff here, Bernie, and I'm way beyond you. Congratulations, and help somebody else, okay? If you're way past this, just help somebody else then, because we're trying to to, to all get to the point where we can just stand on God's word and trust him and over time, receive whatever it is we need from God. Now, there is divine interventions, and sometimes there's, there's miracles that happen, and there's, there's gifts of the Spirit, and there's all those. And that's awesome. And those things are very awesome, and they're cool. But you know what? Even if you don't get a gift of the Spirit, you can get a promise from God every day. You don't have to wait for the mood to be just right. You don't have to wait... For God's already made provision for you. He's made provision for you, and the gifts of the Spirit are there to help and jumpstart, but He's already made provision and He's already given you. The Bible and his promises, he's already accomplished everything that needs to be accomplished in your life. It's already been bought and paid for. Every single thing we need in our lives has already been bought and paid for through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Can I get somebody to agree with me on that? Okay. I'm in the right church. Everything we need has already been provided for. It says that he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything. What you need peace, he's provided that. You need reconciliation, it's given us a ministry of reconciliation. So today, if you would bow your heads, if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, if you say to me tonight, you know, I I grew up in church or... I might go to this church, I might not go to this church, but I'm here tonight, or I'm watching online. And today, I don't know what I'm going to do, and I'm in a situation where I've, I just need God. That's you. I got good news for you. He's here, and he's in a good mood. God's in a good mood tonight. And Newsflash, he's in a good mood every day but he's in especially good mood today. Why? Because this is his day. He's made it, and we're here to rejoice in it. So so if, you are, if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, and you say, I, I want to get saved, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life, that's me. So lift your hand up, we'll pray with you right where you are. If that's you, lift your hand up tall. All right, if you're online and you've not made Jesus Lord of your life, Just lift up that hand that's on the screen there, and and, uh, Daniel and his team will follow up with you. And let's just pray together with those that are online. In the name of Jesus, Father, just say that with me, Father, I thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me, and I receive forgiveness. And I believe I'm born again. And I make Jesus Lord of my life. I thank you for my place in heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And we will, uh, we will continue next week. We're going to get back on the gifts of the Spirit. And There's Tim. Come on up. And we're going uh, to go there. If you have a, anything in your life that you want someone to agree with you in prayer, we'd love to pray with you.